fall in love with your purpose and you fall in love with results and the process more than the pain in that certain instance, that's what's going to drive people forward. Hello and welcome to another episode of the FitFo Show. Today I'd like to welcome and introduce one of my good friends. Excited for you guys to hear his story. He's a great one to tell and uh, he's an extreme athlete, seeker, and traveler. Without further ado guys, I'd like to introduce and welcome to the show, Matt Smith. What's going on, Matt? Hey, how's it going guys? Brandon, thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be on here and just talk to people kind of about my story and you know, where I've been and how I got to where I am today. So really appreciate you having me on. You know, uh, our mutual friend, Robert is how we actually got to meet each other. And, uh, he's like, dude, you gotta like, you gotta really like talk to Matt. He's got a really interesting story. I'm like, I see what he's doing now. And I would just love to just, you know, learn more about him and see what some of the things that he's done. Cause it takes a certain kind of person to work for like Red Bull. So, and the things that you do with Red Bull, is really exciting and i feel like you're one of the damn athletes out there <laughs> dude like like you'll be parasailing one one week and the next week you're like snowboarding and the next you're like surfing you're like oh dude you just do it all and it's like you're living the red bull life which is something that everybody loves and wishes they could do so so have you did you grow up in sonoma county or marin or so like you're pretty local to northern california so i I'd, I'd like to say that i am but i actually I grew up down in Orange County, down in Southern California. Um, that was the primary stance of my childhood and, you know, throughout later teen years. Um, but I was actually born out in Texas and lived for a quick stunt for about two years out in Georgia, uh, just due to my dad's business. But um, yeah, I, I'd say I'm a SoCal kid and my grandparents, they all live up here in the Bay Area. And I just... I started to really fall in love with it. And once I was recruited for lacrosse up at the good old Sonoma State University, I, Damn, uh, you, <laughs> you just jumped across a bunch of cool things. I already got questions about right? it. Dude. Yeah, no, uh, just, uh, so yeah, you said you were born in Texas? Board. You were I born was, in Texas? Yeah. Plano, Texas. Yeah. Okay, so cool. They're, uh, they're underneath some, uh, you know, crazy freezing weather right now. Uh, wishing everyone back there that I, don't entirely remember because I moved out of there when I was two and a half years old. Uh, wishing you a speedy recovery out of this crazy cold phase. It should not be that cold in Texas. They're in the ice age, man. They're, they weren't ready for this. It's it's not their fault necessarily, but they were not ready for what's been brought to their front door. (laughs) No, that literally to their front door. Um, but yeah, so I, I was born out there and you know, been in California basically since. And then, um, how long were you in Southern California before you moved up this way? Moved down there when I was three years old and then come second grade. Um, I, I couldn't even put a number on it anymore. feels way too long ago, but, uh, you know, second grade, we moved out to Georgia for a couple of years and then oh, okay. right okay. back. To, yeah. And just right back to Southern California. Um, Dad got a promotion, moved out, moved back, and we just kind of followed him throughout my childhood. And it was how's that? Did you like get used to where you're at and just like, all right, we're moving? Just 
Is that something that you, you kind of embraced or is that kind of a part of a challenge and adversity you had? You know, it being a kid, it was definitely challenging. Um, you know, it, it's not something you want to do, especially growing up from three years old to let's say eight years old and having all your friends out there, everyone, you know, in that time period, you think it's absolutely everything. And to leave that all behind to go literally across the country, it, it's just not something that you think in the moment is super pivotal, super beneficial for later on down the road. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it was a family move and he obviously consulted us before it took place, but uh, he told us, hey, this is kind of, you know, what we're looking at doing and moved out there. It was just, yeah, it was different, but definitely happy in the long run of, you know, what it provided me with. Yeah, I think that traveling, uh, you know, a lot of times people like, they don't necessarily remember like a lot of it, but that is that part of their growing up process. You know, you're learning different cultures within the United States as you're growing up by traveling and living different places. Because I think a lot of people kind of get stuck up in their bubble of like where they are, you know, like this is my hometown. This is what I'm used to. I'm used to California. I'm used to Georgia. I'm used to Texas. And it's like when they get out of their comfort zone, and like move other places. Uh, that they really start to like learn different ways of being, you know? Uh, so I think that yeah. plays a huge part in a lot of people when they do, you know, like military brats, yeah. like uh, their parents in the military. So they're all over the place, you know? Um, and it's good and bad. You le- there's good things from it. There's things that suck, but, um, but that's kind of cool that like you have that, that, I mean, that's interesting for a lot of people. Like that kind of stuff is really interesting. They kind of like already lived all over the country, you know? And then what was your big drive? Was it family from go to Orange County up to Northern California? I think it, it. Yeah, it was actually uh, coming into high school, I think it was. My uh, my high school coach at the time for lacrosse was great guy, and he had played college lacrosse, and he just knew every in and out about it. Um, as soon as I came in as a freshman, he had me starting on varsity telling me, Hey, you can as go a really far. Yeah. Nice, um, dude. Scariest shit of my life. Um, <laughs> lining up on the first game right next to a senior, I was like, oh, great. This is going to be fun. Um, but, you know, he, he instilled in me the confidence that I needed. And he started talking to me about different colleges. And I, I couldn't tell you how many different coaches at the collegiate level he lined, lined me up with. Um, and That's amazing. Yeah, ju- just from there on out, it was, uh, you know, he started to send me to these elite camps and these combines. Um, but yeah, Sonoma State was just, uh, it was something that popped up on my radar from a family friend. And I had other schools out on the East Coast. I had University of Oregon. I had Boulder. I had SDSU all looking at me and asking me to come visit, which I did go for visits there, but that there was something about Sonoma State University that when I went up to visit there, it felt like family mm-hmm. and the entire area just felt like home. Um, yeah. And later to find out, you know, my ancestors, uh, probably two, three generations ago, they were up in that area. They were up in Windsor. They were up in 
you know, uh, just that whole Sonoma County area. And uh, yeah, a, a lot of my old family members, they're buried up there right outside Windsor in a graveyard. You had no idea. Nor did I, you, you know, that wasn't really on your mind at the time. You're just like, I'm just trying to find a cool school. And I think that's kind of interesting how that, you know, you know, coincidentally happened for you. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about it more so later, but it was just something in my gut that, you know, this felt like the right move. This felt like family. This felt like home. And I can make a life up here, given that I was turning down a 50,000 person school that is nationally recognized to telling people, hey, I went to Sonoma State. And they always ask me, where the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh, but, it's near Napa or something. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, wine country. You know, yeah. that, that always gets people. I know, right? I know coming from uh, Ukiah, not too many people know about Ukiah, especially when you're stationed on the East Coast, North Carolina. Ukiah, what's that? You know, like, oh, it's just north of San Francisco or Napa, just to be able to, you know. Just some kind of reference point. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way, like, I'm from a small town. But uh, even with Sonoma County, a lot of people, uh, just kind of random quick stories, um, just speaking about small world, it just popped in my mind is a uh, it was my last day at air crew school and I was training and I was talking to this dude and um, we were just talking about football and we were like, then we started like talking about different games and we were like, Oh my gosh, dude, we actually were able to find a game that we played against each other in football. No in way. The middle, like Pensacola, Florida, we're talking about this and we're like, Oh my gosh, dude, like we, <laughs> I remember that game and it's like, what are the odds? You know, I don't know. Something that reminded me about that is like, it's just a small world. And, uh, Dude, it was wild, but Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether yeah, <laughs> I'm about to leave. It's the last day there. I'm like, Oh man, I wish I'd have known this. We could have talked about old stories all the time, but, uh, for some reason that just kind of reminded me of that. But, um, yeah, dude, I think, um, I think I always wanted to get into lacrosse and I think I was just so hung up on football that I never really got into it. But lacrosse, dude, that is a sick sport. You know, it's contact. It's, that stuff's pretty exciting, and it's really that's really cool that you had the right mentor at the time. I think. Yeah, so it's uh, honestly everyone who I work with at Red Bull, they're incredible mentors. People who I work alongside, people who are above me, um, and it's kind of been that way ever since I came into the company as a college student. I was like, shit, I want to be like those people. I think that a lot of people don't realize the value that they get in the mentors and. I'm sure a lot of people can relate and look back into like sports or, you know, maybe it's a certain teacher growing up that really kind of like impacted them. And I think it's really cool to reflect on that, you know, and give some type of appreciation to those kind of people, whether you actively go out and say thank you or, you know, where it's just acknowledging in them. I think that's kind of, it creates good value because in life we're kind of just like we're rushing through looking for the next thing, next thing, next thing, and kind of never really st- you know, stopping where we are and reflecting where we at, where we are and like, what's got us there. You know, it sounded like, and I'm sure you realize this, you're a pretty smart dude, but like your mentor, like he, he lined these people up for you. He didn't have to do that, you know? And that's really cool because you don't know what kind of person you might be if you didn't have him. And sometimes that mentor is your mom, your dad, you know, everybody has their different form of a mentor, whether you call him a mentor or not, they are, you know? And I want to thank like that dude for like giving you that opportunity to like make that happen. Because if he didn't make that happen, you wouldn't be getting these San Diego state, you know, college or Oregon or Sonoma state, like Seawolves, I think they're called. Right. 
I think Seawolves. They are now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you and then we would never have met, dude. So like I think that stuff's kind of cool and just like I don't know, maybe I'm weird like that, but I like to think about those kind of things. It's kind of cool how you know everything just aligns the way that it does. No, absolutely. And you know, one of the great greatest pieces of advice that I was ever given was you can't connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And it's just, it's something of which where you look back at your life and, you know, I've had 27 awesome years on this earth and I say awesome, you know, out of just a vague term because, you know, not every single moment's awesome. But yeah, it's like what you what you decide to shine the light on too. You know, if you yeah. want to shine the light on all the shit that you've been through, you know, that's a different way of looking at this, your, your perspective. Now, I think there's obviously a lot of value in the shit you get through. With my last episode, I kind of talked about that. It's like I'm so glad that you went through so much shit in your life because you are who you are for that. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things, like you said, where I don't think if I had chosen Sonoma State probably wouldn't have met you. Um, even though I did stray away after college, going back down to Orange County, out to Tahoe, back to Sonoma, there's so many different pinpoints that brought me back to Sonoma County, which brought me to be, meet Robert and meet you. And it's things that I'm eternally grateful for. Yeah, dude. So... But that was pretty deep what you're saying, though, is like you cannot connect the dots going forward, but you can connect the dots from your past. And I don't know, it's kind of like humble yourself a little bit, like look where you are right now, whether it's positive or negative. Like if you look back and look at the actions and the things that like happened to you along the way or for you along the way, like that it all came into like fruition, like together at the same time. And that's I don't know. I always think about that stuff because like I'm like, man, like you know, cause with like financially or like, oh man, this really sucks. But like, maybe that motivated you to get the certain job right now. And then you are there because of those reasons in the past, like where they seem like negative at the time, but they're actually like setting you up and like preparing you for something bigger, you no, know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's something of which, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for those moments of being at rock bottom and having your back against the wall. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what truly makes a person and where I am now today. Um, you know, two and a half short years ago, I was, I was lying on the floor. So it's, you know, looking back at that and the progression that you can make in not just 24 hours, but in a year's time, in two years time, of just keeping your head down. It's uh, it's something that a lot of people look past because they want that thing now. They want the new sports car now. They want that high-end living right now. Or that um, body of, they, of their dreams or that fitness goal or that competition, you know. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, looking at that kind of aspect of it, everyone has a different body type. And, you know, the main thing is, You go at it every single day, whether that's going hard in the gym, whether that's going hard out on the trails or you're doing a mobility day. I'm still learning that. I'll I'll admit Mm. to that. I'm still learning the mobility and recovery. I need to get better about that. But 
it, it's something that you just need to consistently chip away at because that's what's going to make the grand total. And I'm not done yet. I know you're not done yet. It, it's something that we just need to keep on working after. And you're not going to see the big picture in one day unless you take a step back and just start to look at specific daily goals. That's what's going to get you there. I think, uh, I can't remember who said it, but it's like people underestimate what they can do in 10 years and overestimate what they can do in a year. You know, and it's kind of going back to what you're saying. It's like, they're looking for that instant gratification. They want, they want to lose that weight and be ready for summer starting in April. You know, they're like, I'm going to give them two months and you know, and it never actually works out. Or they want to have that million dollars by, you know, by the end of the year, it's like, well, if you're not already like putting the steps into like in place right now or the plan in like into action right now, it's not going to happen. But if like you're saying, you're consistently putting in the work every single day when nobody's looking, you put in that work, it will happen. Like there's no doubt it will happen, but everybody has a different pace. People have different curveballs thrown at them. Like it's life and it's like how you roll with it. But it seems like you, <laughs> it seems like you're always rolling with it because it doesn't matter where you are, dude. You're always still getting your workouts in. You're always still you know, doing what you want to do. It's like, that's what's so exciting. And uh, one reason I wanted to have you jump onto here is because like, I want to get more into like that mindset is like, what keeps you going, dude? Like, how do you just wake up every morning? Like, do you have um, competition goals, body goals? Like, let's jump into that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly, I do not have any sort of competition goals. I don't have any body goals. I used to, um, but that was before I kind of took a second and looked at myself and I was like, what, what's really important to me right now? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I looking at in the mirror? And it just, it came down to the sense of which, Hey, this is, I just want to be happy. Like, that's the main thing. I want to feel good. And obviously, you know, I, I love to do everything under the sun. I love to go surfing. I love to go snowboarding. I love to go mountain biking. In the if same day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if I want to compete in the CrossFit Open, I'll do that. But I always tell people, it's like, I'm, I'm just training for life. Um, and that all came probably four or five years ago where I couldn't put a specific nail on what I wanted to do. I just, I wanted to be ready for life. I'm not a person to say no to anything. So if I get brought the opportunity to go toe surfing, which I did back in college, you know, what, thank God, what uh, kind toe, of surfing? Toe surfing. What's that? <laughs> so it's uh, where you get pulled behind a jet ski yeah. on like a wake rope into large scale waves. Oh shit! Um, I like how you just breezed over that. Like everybody knew that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah yeah it's uh you know obviously throughout college i had my specific goals of hey i want to be the best competitor on the field that i can but that lasted for about two and a half years before i got a student job with red bull and after that it was just kind of like this isn't my focus anymore what am i looking at in five years what am i looking at in 10 years and what opportunities can I say yes to now that are currently presented to me that are going to better me down, down the road? So that's when I just started training for absolutely anything and everything. And 
I started doing CrossFit and HIIT workouts before it was something popping up on Instagram. I didn't quite know what to call it, but I just knew, hey, this makes my body feel good and feel ready for anything that I want to do. That makes sense. And honestly, like even because I'm much more of like the bodybuilding like world of like fitness, you know, a lot of bodybuilders and powerlifters hate to admit this, but honestly, like CrossFit or that HIIT style workouts really does set you up for life, man. Like I know there's a lot of like good bodybuilders that are very, you know, mobile. They can go out and run, but like nobody can do what CrossFitters do like CrossFitters do, man. Like you're going to like, you're telling me you're going to go deadlift like 400 pounds and then you're going to go for like a mile and a half run and you're like wearing a weight vest. Like, dude, after I do that, I'm like hobbling out of there. And then like my coach is like, Hey, you got to stretch. I'm like, obviously like that's something I'm working on. Just like kind of like you were talking about, but like the diversity of it is really cool. And I think that anybody that's in like public safety should really go out and try CrossFit, get out of your comfort zone and try it. It is, it's actually a blast and it's a pretty cool, atmosphere from what I've seen too. Um, but so that, so that's what it is, man. It's just setting you up for life, huh? Yeah. I know for a lot of people, they have to have like, and maybe this is different for them and like for you, it's a little bit different, but like a lot of people have to have like that goal or like, you know, maybe it's like get into certain pant size or it's like bench a certain weight or it's, you know, run a mile in a certain amount of time. But, uh, for you, it's just, just like whatever can like support you and like the things that you love to do on the side with like the surfing and the snowboarding, keeping you like physically fit for that. Yeah, that that's it to a T it's uh, you know, and there are specific goals out there. Like last year I, uh, we do this really cool thing with Red Bull where we started out this nonprofit and it's called wings for life. Um, and basically with that organization, it devotes 100% of the proceeds to spinal cord research. And after watching the documentaries that our media house released and talking to some of the board members and the athletes that have been affected by it, you know, I've never considered myself a runner, obviously out on the field as a lacrosse player, but I run because it helps me now. It helps my cardio. It helps, you know, just stay trim quality of life is better than endorphins from running dude runner's high is a thing it it totally is and you know after finding about this race that we do it was incredible and i have never felt more motivated in my life so i don't want to say i have this outstanding goal of just training for life but that was one specific goal last year that after seeing all those things and having 90 days to train for it, I threw on my shoes, I started running and all I could think about during those miles that I was putting in were those people who have been affected. And if anyone who's watching or listening right now, look up any one of us from Red Bull Media House, it's the most amazing documentary that I've ever seen, gotten to have my hands in. But it's just, it's one of those things where you don't think about what if I couldn't run? Like we have two perfectly capable legs right now. And any one of us could be affected by a car accident, by, you know, falling out of a boat, by a mountain bike accident. And 
I, I ran my first half marathon last year. Um, during that race, I I'd set out a goal. I told people I was running 13.2 miles for those people who are affected. And <laughs> two days prior to that, I ran my longest distance with my weight vest of seven miles. Two days. That's before long, that. That was the longest distance you've ran with the vest or just ever? With, with my vest. I mean, I yeah. did a Spartan race like two years prior, but I don't really... I don't count that it was nine miles, but there were obstacles in between. It was a lot of distractions that I could be like, Oh, that that's my break. But yeah. this was just, this was purely running for a cause to raise money, help other people who are in need. And, uh, that, that was a specific goal that I had last year and I completed it. And this year I'm actually looking at hitting hopefully a marathon during this event. Um, I haven't run 26 miles before. Uh, not yet. You will. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got probably about 90 days to train up for it, but it's, uh, right. you're you running for a purpose too. So yeah, you find the right motivation with anything and it's going to push you to these standards that you would far exceed or ever thought possible by your body. You, your uh, mind is what's limiting in you and uh, having a purpose is a huge thing. And especially when the purpose is beyond yourself, you know, you're running for a bigger cause than yourself. You're running for, you know, somebody else and, you know, supporting them by doing that. So that's good motivation right there to like, you know, really get yourself out there and, you know, do it for somebody else like that. So that's, that's really exciting. And that's what I love about wings for life. I love like companies like Red Bull that do that kind of stuff. Like, it's really cool to see people that have a good platform to be able to like spread awareness to that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's so inspiring. I love doing that kind of stuff. Like, like I did real men wear pink, you know, for breast cancer. And it's just like, you're doing it for like, just like something bigger than yourself. And it's really, you know, really motivating and really cool to watch your yeah. motivation to like help others. And so I really like appreciate you going out and doing that kind of stuff, man. So let's go ahead. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, Red Bull and how you got into Red Bull. You said it started out of college. You got like a intern with them. It did. Yeah. So I was a uh, student brand manager for Red Bull. I got hired on, what was that? January of my junior year. And it actually, it came about after watching this film and it's just me. I, I'm such a nerd for my own company. Always have been, always will be. But it was uh, this this movie, The Art of Flight. It came out probably like a year or two prior. And it's snowboarding. It's, you know, the main star is Travis Rice. He's this outrageous backcountry rider, just constantly looking for the next level of everything. And... I watched it one morning after partying way too hard the night before happens. Uh, <laughs> so anyone listening? Yeah. You, you're it allowed happens. to party. It's okay. You're allowed to um, have fun. This guy's living it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I woke up the following morning and I don't know what it was. I think I'd gone to the gym and before every single session of me going to the gym, I listened to motivational talks on YouTube primarily complication or compilations. Mm -hmm. And I came back and I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty tired. I feel like shit. 
Um, I'm going to lie in bed. I'm going to watch this film. I'm going to get ready for writing the following day. And I started to think in my head, you know, how cool would it be to work for a company like Red Bull? Like I just started to think about it. And then they started coming out with the world of Red Bull commercials back in 2012 and 2013. And even those 30 to 60 seconds on air, I was watching it. I, I found myself almost trying to just hold back tears. I just, I felt so inspired. I was like, shit, I, I need to work for that company. And just as fate had it, I looked on redbull.com that day for underneath their jobs. And it said student brand manager for Sonoma state. And I was like, there's, yeah. there's no way. I started looking around <laughs> like this, this is, fake this is not real it's just i'm creating stuff in my mind sure enough clicked on it started reading about it applied for it that exact same day touched up my resume wrote this cover letter that was beyond any sort of standard cover letter you just went all in on it yeah most most people talk about hey this is where i've been this is where i'm looking to go xyz corporate 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 I just wrote to them. I was like, listen, I, I've loved Red Bull since forever. This was my first event I went to. This was the first time I ever tried a can. This is why not only the brand, but the product is imperative in my lifestyle. And three interviews later, I got the call when I was back home for winter breaks telling me, hey, um, we would love to have you as a student brand manager for Red Bull. And oh. Damn, I dude. pretty much did one of those happy laps around the house, but that, that was the start of it. Just kind of a hunch and a want to be a part of something greater than myself. It, uh, yeah, it, it panned out and I did that for the last year and a half of my collegiate career. I, I dropped lacrosse. I started looking at my future. Professional lacrosse is not entirely the most sought after thing or well-paid. It's not exactly like an NFL or an NBA player, but yeah, I just put all my focus into that started saying yes to every single opportunity. And that's what kind of landed me in the role that I'm at today. You know, there's a lot in between, but that was the start of it. You had that awesome opportunity come into your lap and you're like, dude, I'm taking advantage of it and finding a job that you love. It's not really a job anymore because you love to, you know, do it and you love to show up and you really are part of like the whole culture that they have and you're living it. Did that like, kind of help you get more into like the extreme sports or were you already kind of doing, I know you talked about a little bit surfing and everything, but like Red Bull probably helped support that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, started surfing out in Pismo beach just with my cousin. He's like, Hey, do you want to hop on a board? I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. First wave that I caught. I immediately fell in love. I caught the bug, as they call it. And then going up to the mountains, I was like, you know, snowboarding seems like my thing because I'm a surfer now. And then I skate back at home. But there's always been something inside me to not just try something, but excel at it as much as I can. And then obviously getting the job with Red Bull, I started to embody the brand and everything that our pro athletes do. and you know, just the opportunities that arose throughout working as a student brand manager. And there's not too many, 
working as a student, you're, you know, kind of bottom, you're part time. But the days that they were like, hey, do you want to come up to this mountain and help us manage snow wars, which was this collegiate event that we did at the time? Or do you want to go down to SoCal and help out with switchboard, which you surf in the morning, you get on a bus, you go up to Big Bear, you get on your snowboard. I, I truly thought to myself, it was like, listen, it, if I'm going to be a face of the brand, I need to show people, but more so show myself that I guess, quote unquote, I'm worthy of this. That pushed everything to the utmost limits that I could. Yeah. You decided, you know, kind of prove it to yourself, like, Hey, I'm part of the crew, you know, I can make it, make it happen and kind of like roll with these guys too. So like you got to believe it, which, you know, helps with your confidence. And then you got to be even better at your job. And then I'm sure like promotions came with that because people saw you that you're embodying the, the brand and everything like that. And then brings up more opportunities. And you're like you said, being that yes, man. So you're like, yes, I'm down. Like, well, now your name starts to become recognizable and you know, then that brings up more opportunities for you. Yeah, it, it was good. But, you know, upon graduation, there uh, there honestly wasn't too many opportunities of what I was seeking within the company. So actually, after graduation of Sonoma State, I, did, I no longer worked for Red Bull. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I took on a job back down in Laguna Beach with a company called Crank Brothers. And they're a mountain bike component company. Signed on with them for a six-month contract. I, I think that was kind of where I started to find out who I actually was as a person. So I was under the impression that you were, you've been with Red Bull this whole time. So yeah. you, you ended up going with this biking back in Southern California. And did part of you miss Red Bull? Oh, always, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, it, it's my forever company. Yeah. But, you know, taking on this job, it just, it felt like the right move. And I was, at the time, I was talking myself through a lot of situations. I was in a very toxic relationship. I took on this job. I was extremely underpaid, overworked. But, you know, they had a cool culture. And that's what I was convincing myself on. And that's what I want to, you know, tell most people is, you, you can't marry what you think it's going to be. You have to marry the reality. And that comes into every single circumstance, whether that's relationships, jobs, you know, friend groups that you have. I, I was just trying to marry the image of everything. And uh, after four months with that company, um, my, my crazy buddy, Jimmy, that I met back in college. Uh, I actually sent him and his buddies over to Europe on a Red Bull excursion. No, no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) So they had this thing called, can you make it? Uh, You have to submit this video application and you have three guys with you. If you win that application process, you get sent over expense-free to Europe and you have to go from Italy up to Germany only using Red Bull as currency. No way. Yeah. Dude, so, oh, so they were given a certain amount of Red Bull and they just like, that's how they have to like wager their way across country. That's or, exactly how they have to do it. So that is the coolest thing, dude. That is so exciting. Could be taxi rides. It could be boat rides. It, it could be, you name it. You have to barter 
with the case of Red Bull, and there is certain checkpoints that yeah. you okay. get they refill you. But um, you know, one of my good buddies from high school, Milad, he had reached out to me when I was a student brand manager and was like, "Hey, what's the deal with this thing that you're posting all about right now?" And I gave him the lowdown, and from there he assembled a team consisting of him, Jimmy Stew, and James Stewart or James Collar, pardon me. And those three guys, they made it as far as I could. They didn't complete it, but uh, this guy, Jimmy, he came back uh, to an event I was helping out with in San Francisco, which, strange enough, is where I'm living now. But, yeah, we, we were best friends from there on out, and he had given me a call probably a week prior to me hitting that tipping point with that company and had asked me, hey, what do you think about moving to South Lake Tahoe? And I was like, you're you're batshit crazy. There, there's no way I have this good role. This is where I'm supposed to be. It's going to line me up for the future. Uh, seven days later, I gave him a call saying, what are the details? <laughs> that level of curiosity got you, man. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I started to do some soul searching and started to get myself out of that toxic relationship that I had at the time. And, you know, we just had an honest conversation of you know let's just let's do this let's just let's escape i don't know for how long but we both needed to figure out who we are what we want to do and what are our intentions with this life because at the end of the day you know it's super cliche to say but we do get one life our days are limited we don't know when our next birthday is going to be we had to do some serious soul searching out there and it, it came with, you know, scrapping for money. I was homeless for six days up there because he had to go take care of a buddy. So I was living out of my car for about six days, moving up there, sleeping with a knife next to my side, parking in random parking lots, all my shit in the back. But, you know, it's it's one of those experiences that's super humbling. You're homeless in your car. You're cold as all hell. It was becoming winter in Tahoe, and then I finally found the right spot, and there was actually this guy, Marcus, who I had met a few days prior. He was kind enough to interview me and say, hey, you didn't get this place, but I got a free room. Do you want this for a few days? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and Anything beats sitting in my driver's seat, driving to the local Starbucks right off state line, and mooching off their free wi-fi for with a few rebel, days. right no yeah right <laughs> with rebel <laughs> so it was uh yeah moved out to tahoe and did some mountain safety out there so i got a chance to help a lot of people within a season and then after that i was a bar back at nighttime so it was 17 18 hour days um of just surviving up there but i got to live in the most beautiful place ever got to meet the most beautiful people ever and it really just reset me for what I wanted to do in life. I think we all need that level of adversity to like, you know, and sometimes it happens multiple times in a lifetime, you know, is figuring out uh, what exactly you want out of life or, you know, maybe it's not going in the direction you want. And, you know, being homeless in a car and being up in Tahoe helps you figure out exactly what you want. But you have to go through those like rock bottoms. You'll go through them many times in life. It's like how you get out of that, what determines the kind of person you'll be. So you get into barbacking outside of everything, just kind of living, living out of your car and 
did that kind of spark your interest into being a DJ? Because I know that you're also a DJ too. Because as if everything you're doing with Ripple, you know, with all the extreme sports isn't enough, you also want to DJ too. <laughs> yeah. So that actually that came about uh, my sophomore year in college. My my cousin he lived up in Santa Rosa, and as you know, uh, McGuire's Pub in Petaluma. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a DJ there. And freshman year, I had a, I had a girlfriend back at home and, you know, she, she didn't think it was the best idea that I went to the TK party, uh, for Halloween, Yeah, you know, understandable. I want to be a good boyfriend. So he had hit me up and was like, Hey, I know you've been playing music your whole life. You've played guitar, you've played drums, you've played bass, you love everything about music and you love electronic music now come check this out and just stand behind me, see where it goes, see if you like it. At the time, I was, uh, I was a resident of uh, Florida at the time and apparently 21 years old. So used that ID to uh, get uh, in, k- kind of see what was happening. Dude, and, that just went uh, right over my head, bro. <laughs> Tells you how I was even like, I'm so into what you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And no, we're definitely leave that in there now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but That's yeah, he, he brought me in and just kind of showed me the ropes with everything. And I started to fall more and more in love with it as I started to mix in tracks for, you know, the lovely, lively crowd of Maguire's in Petaluma. Yeah. Good old uh, Petaluma. <laughs> good times. So yeah, I right after that, I invested it was like 150 bucks or 200 bucks that I had saved up into this little basic mixer. And I probably spent like three, four hours a day after studying, after sports, after everything into just learning how to do this and perfecting that craft. And uh, sure enough, within a month, I got a call for a spot up in Santa Rosa. They were like, hey, can you come DJ or Friday and Saturday nights? Just the biggest nights of the week. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was like, oh, great. You know, you're probably paying me the least, but whatever. You know, it's a fun opportunity, free drinks. But yeah, it it was a good time. And, you know, as I started to hit probably the later end of my junior year, I really started to get into what I wanted to do with the music. I was done playing the top 40s and all the remix bullshit that comes out that you hear every single Saturday night at a bar that's when I started to get hired out for different frat parties and sorority parties. And that actually led me to start playing, you know, some minor student festivals. After graduation, I set a new standard for myself that I wanted to learn how to produce because there are certain things that you hear and there are certain things that you want things to sound like. So I wanted to get into the creation of that. And I set a new standard for myself that I wanted to play clubs and festivals. Within two years on that train, I found myself playing, you know, after hours parties with artists that I had always looked up to. Um, I got the chance to play at Coachella in 2017. Wait, what? You got to what? (laughs) I I played at uh, Coachella in 2017 at a smaller stage. Wow, still, Uh, dude. But it was... Yeah, the prior year was my first festival experience ever. So I went out with, out there with some friends, and it was fun. 
you know, I had a great time. I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to have no cell service, let loose, purely enjoy the music. And then the following year, I had gotten asked by the K-Rock stage, hey, do you want to come play our stage uh, on Friday? And I was completely blown away. I was like, there's there's no way. It, it was kind of like the Red Bull Sonoma State thing. It was like, it, there's no way. This is completely false. And so, yeah, I went out there. I played that. I played several festivals after that. But, you know, all all good things must come to an end. And in, like, 2018, I, I kind of retired from that area. I'm still making music. I'm still having fun with it. But to be a professional in the realm that I am right now, to go from 7 a.m. till five sometimes 10 p.m and then play a set at 2 a.m or midnight it just doesn't really work you're burning the candle at both ends i decided to focus on what i'm doing right now and put that to rest but as soon as events are allowed back once we get out of this covid world i'll be back playing a few sets it'll be fun you're saying dude it's like you have to figure out exactly what it is that you want out of life and although like you're doing amazing in coachella and, or, you know, with the DJ thing, being at Coachella and with K-Rock and everything like that, you did like the soul searching is like, okay, that's amazing. But what is it exactly that I want, you know? But I also want to go back real quick. And you were talking about, you know, how like Coachella and K-Rock, these kind of things just like fold into your lap or the uh, opportunity with Red Bull kind of just fall in your lap. But I don't think that you give yourself enough credit, dude, that you put in the work for these things to happen. Yeah, it sounds like it because of the way you're telling the story that it did just like kind of like fell into your lap. But dude, you have to like give yourself some credit. You put in the work, you made it happen, and they presented themselves because of that, because of your actions towards that is why you got the chance with Rebel, is why you got the chance to play at these big concerts. You know, I think for a lot of the listeners, and it's like, because that's the way that you kind of told it is like when you put in the work and you go after it and you're 110% in everything you do, you know, you could have just showed up every once in a while or, you know, just shadowed your friend, but no, you like put in the work outside of there, you know, you put in the extra bit, the extra, extra, what's going to separate you from somebody else. So I just wanted to like give you that because the way you tell the story is totally like, I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like you put in it, you made it happen. So I just wanted to give you credit there, man. No, I, I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, it it's something of which, you know, I, I feel like I contradict myself too much where when I tell these kinds of stories, yes, it sounds like everything fell into my lap. And then on the other end, um, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of people over the years saying, wow, must be nice or like, you're so lucky. And that really fucking pisses me off. Yeah, I bet it does, dude. I bet it totally uh, does. Because, you know, most people are sleeping for three, four hours by the time I wake up every single day. Yep. And, you know, they they don't see the back end like you were talking about earlier. So, it yeah, I, I'm happy you called me out for that because <laughs> like the highlight. Exactly, dude. They want to jump in and live the lifestyle that you live without actually putting in the work. Yeah, you know, dude, yeah. I want to be like Matt, dude. Okay, cool. I'm going to start, you know, recording me going for a run. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to be like huffing and puffing. But, <laughs> but like, you can't just like go out and not live that lifestyle. You do have to put in the work to live that lifestyle. You know, 
you yeah. live a pretty eccentric lifestyle. You're a DJ, you surf, you snowboard, you do freaking everything under the sun. You know, you're in Red Bull, like everyone's like biggest dream that's in like adrenaline sports. People love that. They want to be a part of that. And the difference between them and you is you're waking up, like you said, before everybody else putting in the work so that you can, you have your mind right and your body right. And you are always like looking for more ways to like improve so you can become more of an asset for the brand for Red Bull. You're just a all in kind of guy. And a lot of people wish, think that you're lucky because what social media does is they just see, you know, your highlight reel, yeah. they see your highlight reel, you know? And they don't see all of the work. You you let them see what they what you want them to see. You know, we're seeing snippet little ten seconds of you know your whoop while you're working out and such, but uh, they're not seeing the other hour and a half that goes into that ten second video. Yeah, it's uh, it's something of which too. You know, it, it's come over the years to me that you know I I put in this work and you know I, I thank my dad for constantly setting that example. I mean, the man's insane. He's up every single morning at three 30, sometimes four, if he wants to sleep in. But, you know, I, I started to model myself after that. I'm like, if I want to be at the level that I see myself at, what do I need to put in right now? And, you know, it comes down to the point of which people tell me I'm lucky. It's like, okay, cool. Thank you for telling me I'm lucky, um, but no, th this is what goes into it. Do you want to do this with me? And then you can do what I'm doing. And they're like, show oh, up. No, you're batshit crazy. And I'm like, so I'm psycho at one point, but lucky at the other, it, it doesn't line up. So, you know, it, it takes a certain kind of person to do almost what we do. And, you know, it, everyone has their own motivation piece everyone has their own time period that they excel the most at but yeah to call someone lucky and then not want to do the work behind it is uh it makes you want to rip your hair out right <laughs> oh dude yeah i just think of a lot of different people that are super successful and and then a lot of like friends are like oh they're so lucky i love that like i wish i could live that it's like okay what's stopping you yeah anybody can make it it's especially with as fortunate as we are as in america that anybody could freaking make it what separates you from other people and that's the actions that you consistently take every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I pay attention to these kind of things and I'm like, I was talking to Robert, I think yesterday and he's like, dude, he makes me feel so bad because every time I wake up in the morning, he's already been out. Like I look at it, it's like hour and a half ago he was doing this. I'm like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> and it's like, dude, I was like, that's what I, I love that stuff. I love people that are going out and making it happen, dude. And I don't think for one second that you're lucky if anything, it's forced luck. You forced yourself to have those opportunities, like I said, come into play and be lucky if whatever, <laughs> but dude, you're, you're forcing that to happen. And it's, it's really cool, man. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's uh it's something that I need to consistently dive back in more because I've always been insecure about compliments or you know, it's, uh, I just constantly want to be better. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm good at that. Like, how can I go from well-rounded to being best rounded? And it's just, yeah, it, it's a lot of behind the scenes work. Everyone sees the GoPro clip. Everyone sees the highlight reel on Instagram. And I, I think that's most of the problem nowadays is everyone sees that highlight reel. 
they don't they don't see what goes in at three four a.m. because they're not checking their story. It's just like you said, instant gratification. And if they don't like it, if it makes them feel uncomfortable, they just swipe to the next one, next video, and that's yeah. it. They're like, oh, that makes me feel bad. Unfollow. I'm not gonna like that. It's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I've actually I've been there before. Like I follow a lot of like entrepreneur influencers and there's been a few times where I'm like, I like, I will stop following them because I know that I'm not living up to my full potential and I don't want that constant reminder. And then I catch myself and I'm like, Oh shit, dude, I actually just did that. You know, take a little look in the mirror and be like, okay, you know what? I need to make these changes and make it happen. And it starts by, you know, these small incremental habits that you're not going to be a Matt Smith tomorrow, but you can go out there and, you know, make one small change towards that goal of yours and uh then next thing you know you'll be doing similar things as as him but in your own way you know uh you you can make it and you can achieve it if you put in the work and eventually it becomes a lifestyle whereas a lot of people are like how do you do that how do you how are you so strict with your food or you know well i'm like how are you not how are you not paying attention to what you're putting into your body or how are you not exercising and taking care of the only thing that you'll have the rest of your life is your body. You know, you're only in one body in one life, a cliche, whatever, but why not? Why not like take care of it? I don't get it, but I know there's a lot more psychological components to that. And, uh, but basically it's like, just go out and do something, just go out and move, go out and you'll see like the benefits that it gives you because like, I'm sure like after you go for those runs, you feel amazing. You feel accomplished because you, you did something right at the beginning of the day, you know, it's a, it's a small victory right off the bat. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I I wouldn't say, Oh, you know, I'm going to do all these things and become a Matt Smith. I think everyone should have their own name. And I think it was Matthew McConaughey strange enough where he was like, you know, I asked myself five years ago, who do I want to be? Who's my hero? And Picture me saying this in the Matthew McConaughey voice, but he's like, <laughs> that's the guy I want to be. And he hit yeah. five years down that road. He's like, that's who I want to be. I'm my own hero. And it's, you know, whatever motivates a certain person, wherever you want to go, if you want to be an HR exec, you do those things that needs to get you there. If you want to be a bodybuilder, if you want to be a pro athlete, if you want to just be an awesome husband, and father, you do those things that need to get you there. That once it comes time, be your own hero. And you know, the, the biggest things that I could tell anyone is one, eat right. I'm not telling you every single day to count your macros and you know, count your veggies and don't eat carbs, don't eat butter. That that's no fun in life. If that's your goal then do it. But you're allowed to have fun in life. You're allowed to enjoy life. Like the other day I had a double cheeseburger. You didn't kill yourself over it? No, I didn't kill myself. You don't need to. Yeah. I I knew I had worked for it and you know, you need to enjoy things like that in life. Like if you can go through life and not have a good giant bowl of mac and cheese with bacon on top, I I don't know. You have to, you gotta, you gotta eat where you're at and you gotta enjoy life. But it's also a good thing to keep your body in check because at the end of the day, if 
you keep your body in check, that's going to keep your mind in check. If you keep your mind in check, that's going to keep your spirit in check. And it's just, it, it's kind of this whole thing, this crazy cycle that a lot of people look past. They're like, oh, my mindset's good. You know, I listened to a talk today on my way into work. Okay, what'd you do once you got to work? You poured half a cup of creamer with coffee. You sat down for 10 hours. Like, I, I can't stress enough how important physical activity is daily to keep your mindset right. And then once your mindset is right, then your spirit just feels good to go with everything. You don't care about what people say. You don't care if somebody comes at you in an argument and has an opposing point of view. You feel comfortable with your stance and you feel comfortable listening to people, having conversations rather than arguing with one another. It's just you need to start it with self-love and it, it is being selfish, you know, it, it's focusing on what you want to eat, what fuels up your body. You're not going to fill your car up with the wrong type of gas every single time you go to the gas station. You're going to fill it up consistently so it runs right. And that's how our bodies are. It's just, it's something that a lot of people need to focus on. And it, it really sets your mind right once you get that physical awareness and it brings you into mental awareness into spiritual awareness. No, I think a lot of people do a lot of comparing themselves to other people when uh, there is a level of where that, okay, that is something that you may have to, like if you see a certain body type or see a certain type of person they look up to, it's okay to be like, look at them and look where you're at, you know, to an extent, but you are your own hero, just like you're saying. And like Matthew McConaughey and even like Matt Fraser, I was, I was saw in a story, he's like, somebody asked him what keeps you going and he said, um, I want to make myself proud. You know, he could have said a number of things like, I want to win the competition. I want to beat this person, beat that person. He didn't. He said, I want to make, make himself proud. Because at the end of the day, you can lie to everybody else around you, but you know deep inside if you give it your 100%, if you give it your all. So, yeah. you know, you owe it to yourself to be real and honest with yourself and to challenge yourself and to look, be able to look in your mirror self in the mirror at the end of the night and be like, okay, I'm, I like, I did what I wanted to do today and yeah. uh, take that consistent action, consistent every single day. It's It'll work out. You need to be physical. Maybe you're not going to go out and run, you know, two, three miles. You're not going to go out and work out because, you know, it's COVID and it's really tough to get into the gym, but walk your dog around the block, you know, go for, go for a hike this weekend or do something that's outside of your comfort zone, but it's like, could be like support you in that exercise and you know maybe your dog really needs it because you haven't been walking your dog in a while and they're like c crying for you to take them for a walk wake up a little bit earlier and take them for a walk before work or something don't just let them outside to go to the, the bathroom like take them for a walk they'd appreciate that <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> no I, absolutely it's finding that purpose and uh you know as you've seen and some other people have seen is I go for runs with Milo every single morning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the happiest not, dog, dude. <laughs> right, he's a uh, he's stacked out right now. Um, but you know, I I get in my hours worth of strength training, and I understand that's not an accessible feature to a lot of people right now. The great thing is, we live in this realm that we have all this information accessible to us right now. So. 
If you can't go to a gym, work out at home. If you don't want to work out at home, then just go for a walk with your dog. But find that purpose. If it's not for you, who's it for? And I could tell you enough that, you know, there are a lot of days I get done training in the morning that my legs are shot. I'm tired. My body's shot. I got to make it to a meeting in 45 minutes. But I look at him and I'm like, you know what? We're going to set aside just 10, maybe 15 minutes and go for a run. And it's going to make him happier. I know I'm going to be happier at the end of it. I'm not happy in the moment, but you know, I, I know I'm going to be happier after it. And that that's what it comes down to is once you fall in love with your purpose and you fall in love with the results and the process more than the pain in that certain instance, that's what's going to drive people forward. Yeah, but it's kind of like what you're saying, man. It's like you got to find that purpose within yourself, find that big why. And, you know, you had that why for the Wings for Life that got you out there and got you to run further than you've ever ran before. You know, you're doing it for that bigger purpose for somebody else. And uh, everybody needs to find that within themselves because it's different for everybody. Have you, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, have you ever read the book, The Rise of Superman? I haven't gotten a chance to, no. So The Rise of Superman by Stephen, I think it's Kotler, Kotler, but it talks about flow. And uh, flow is the heightened state of an acute ability that forms the focus. So it's like these people that do the extreme sports, like get into this flow where it's like they start to like lose track of time and like they're just like so into it and so into go into like a slow motion, you know, like where the adrenaline's like heightened and everything like that. You know, a lot of people get like addicted to that kind of stuff and that's where they kind of like build onto it and like go into the more extreme stuff. And uh, do you, do you find yourself to kind of be like a little bit of like a junkie towards that kind of thing? Like the big thrilled sports, dude. I don't know. I feel like you're that, you're kind of that person you're talking about doing the, uh, toe surfing and all that stuff. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely am. I, I can't say no to that stuff ever since I caught my first, first wave. It was, uh, you know, from there on out, I got that adrenaline rush. I'm like, wow, that, that felt so good. How can I, how can I improve this? How can I excel this? And it's almost kind of like something that you're constantly chasing after, but you're never going to get it, but you're still going to go after it. You're constantly looking for that next level. Now, given what I do on a board versus what our athletes do on a board, is completely different. I consider myself solid at every sport. These guys are extreme. They are, like you said, in that heightened state of mind. They're in that flow. There are a lot of our athletes that are pushing the limits right now. And they're they're not just training their bodies anymore. They're training their minds. And you look at action sports 20 years ago, these guys were pounding beers before they went out for a run or before they went out into the water. Right. And now it's like, you know, they're, they're specific on every little thing. Like we were talking about dietary factors that go into their body and different kinds of training mechanisms and lying in those float tanks to visualize what it's going to be like. And, now they're pushing boundaries on everything. Like one of our athletes, Kai Lenny, he's throwing three sixties on a surfboard, which 
most surfers, even the top surfers in the world, are going to throw that on maybe a six, seven foot wave. He just threw one on like a 40 or a 60 foot wave recently. And then Mark McMorris, is another one of our athletes. He's throwing triple quirks. He's throwing quad quirks. And for those who don't know, that's spinning four to five times in the air while flipping three times in the air, still sticking your landing. It, it's something of which I, I think, you know, I, I like to refer to us as common folk, but um, that, there's a screw <laughs> in their head, yeah. but I'm all for it. And whatever they want to push, I'm all about, I'm in full support. It's, it's amazing to see people once they get into that flow, but to take that theory and bring it back into normal life for most of us, yeah, you know, the, the heightened state of mentality or that flow comes with being waking up early. Are you going to make your bed in the morning? Are you going to come back home later on to a clean apartment? Are you going to have everything organized? Because a clean base provides this utmost success for down the road. And if you go into work, are you working efficiently? Or what I see for a lot of people, they'll just be sitting at their desk doing that all day on social media. They won't be doing their actual job. They won't be the best that they can be in that specific role, which is why they're not progressing. And don't get me wrong. I, I find myself on in rabbit holes on Instagram, mm -hmm. on Facebook. I think we all kind of do. Anyone who has social media, that's what that algorithm is designed to do. Yeah, it, it, It's gotten us. But how do you restrain from that self, you know, that, that urgency to check your phone? And how are you going to be better at what you're doing in that specific moment? That's going to provide that heightened state of mind. Once you start to succeed more, that's going to create the flow. And you're going to elevate yourself whether it's into a new job, whether it's into a new state of mind, a bigger place, whatever your goals are, that's what it's going to take is like we were talking about earlier, chipping away at those small little wins. Because at the end of the day, you know, a bunch of battles won, that wins a war. A bunch of games throughout a season, that wins a championship. That's what it takes day in and day out to win your overall goal. Yeah, the little details that go into everything and how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. You know, if you're not making your bed in the morning, you're going to show up to work and you're not going to do that one thing you're supposed to do, you know, late to work, you know, you're going to be late elsewhere in your life and uh, just pay attention to those details. I've told to, cause I've done a lot of mentoring for like youth and I'm always like attention to detail. You know, it's really f forced into us in the military is attention to detail because yeah, it may, maybe you don't think that it matters, but if you instill those disciplines in you right now, it will show up later in life. Like, cause they're compounding, they're building on each other. And then that's how you get into that flow. It's like you, you're much more used to the fundamental stuff to where you can like start focusing on the bigger things. That was a really good way. That was actually really cool. I was really excited. I was like really into what you're saying about like how you just, how like the flow of like extreme sports and you brought it into like how people like us, you know, the common folk, can understand how like a flow can work for us in real life um, and everyday action. So damn dude, I'm, I, this is so cool for me. Cause like that's what I love about doing this podcast is like, 
I get to bring on cool guests and like learn from you guys. And I'm like, I'm just like sitting back like, dude, yeah, keep talking, man. And this is, I'm learning so much. This is, this has been a lot of fun, dude. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad. Yeah. No, it's thank you again for having me on here. This is, this has been awesome. I, I don't really talk about this stuff too much unless I'm brought into that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's constantly what's funneling through my mind and it moves a million miles an hour. So, um, well, you move, you, yeah. you move a million miles an hour, dude. <laughs> so so I, mean, I had, I had to like kept capture you for a little bit, you know, like steal a little bit of your time all over the place. You know, next thing I know you're probably in Cabo next weekend, <laughs> parasailing with, you know, Lauren, okay. right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, we got to move a million miles an hour because like I said earlier, we, we don't know when our day is going to come. And I, I think that's, you know, to go back to the start of everything that we were talking about, what is that main motivation? And I would say it's death, you know? Yeah. And, am I, and sorry to switch it up and get so dark. No, like, totally. It's reality. It, it's one of those things of which our, our days are incredibly limited. And I learned that from a young age that, we we just don't know when it's going to come and you know but between the various deaths i mean the first one came when i was 10 years old and very close to me one of my close mentors he passed away from leukemia another friend's dad he you know committed suicide years later that same son he died in a motor uh, motorcycle accident it's uh and you know, rest in peace to my grandfather who just recently passed away. I, I know he's looking over us right now and he's probably just laughing at me having a glass of Gentleman Jack. But, there you uh, go. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things where we have to push as much as we can every single day, every single week, every single year, because we don't know when it's going to come to an end. And don't take every day for granted too, you know, live every single day like it's your last Dude, I know it's cliche. I don't really care. I say a lot of it, but it's, you know, it's so fucking true, man. Like you have to live every single day like it's your last. And um, especially with like relationships too, it's, you know, you're going to have your bad days with your spouse or your girlfriend or your friends or things like that, but be the bigger person and just, you know, live like it's your last and just appreciate those around you and lift those that are around you. And I don't go to sleep you know, angry with uh, Gigi, you know, I don't, I will stay yeah. up because I don't do that. You know, you never know what could happen, like you're saying. So we don't ever leave each other without, you know, telling we at least love each other. And which congratulations to you. You're now engaged and <laughs> she, uh, yeah. she somehow is able to keep up the lifestyle probably because she lives a similar lifestyle and loves it, embrace it. And, you know, that's really exciting that you have her by your side and, you know, she puts up with a lot with, with you. <laughs> Because <laughs> all the things you do. <laughs> she, uh, you know, she always asks me, how did I pass your test? Because I do set high standards for myself and those that are around me. But I'm also like, how do you put up with me? Um, and I always say sorry to her because I put her through these different scenarios where it's like, hey, babe, you know, and I always text her before I go out surfing, I go out snowboarding, go out mountain biking. There's been some scenarios where I, uh, I've come pretty close to not coming back. And, uh, you know, it, it really just, it runs the toll on you to be that close to death. You really appreciate the living 
it's something of which too, you know, I mean, I, I give so many props to my fiance. She, uh, she's put up with me and all my crazy habits, but more importantly, she put up with me, not put up with me, but she stuck by my side. Yeah. Just a short two and a half years ago when I was literally lying on the bedroom floor, just depressed. I did not know how to get myself up. I was broke. I had to keep a roof over her and Milo's head. I had nothing in the bank account. Um, she she stuck by me, and that's I, proof right there, man. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's more so, than your good looks. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, it's anyone listening right now. If you if you have someone that sticks right next to your side when you have nothing keep them if they if they force you to be the best you can be keep them if they're there next to you even when you have i don't want to call it everything but when you feel like you've kind of hit this top tier notch and you're looking to excel more if they're still by your side marry them that's why i'm marrying Gigi because i'm I'm at that level right now man and i'm like you still love me? She's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right, we're good. I'm definitely in that boat, man. I know, I know that I've had the right one, but you know, you got to go through those toxic relationships to find the right one. Sometimes they make you stronger and you wouldn't be dating Lauren probably if you didn't go through those other, other uh, relationships, but uh, you found yourself a keeper who's supporting you and in, in your highs and your lows. And so that's, that's really cool. That's really exciting. And, uh, big applause to her and what she's doing. She's doing great things too, though. I know she's a uh, big into real estate and uh, signed over a house today. I think she had a contract. So, you yeah, know, she's, she's, she's putting in work too, man. Yeah. She, she's crushing it right now. And uh, you know, when we were living in Petaluma, it, it wasn't our dream home. It wasn't our dream life. Um, especially after I got laid off because a parent company took over and, she was still learning the ins and outs of real estate. We stuck together, um, you know, and like you said earlier, there's not going to be like 365 days out of the year. There's going to be some bad days, but how do you communicate? How do you get through those together? She's teaching me how to be better about communication because I always grew up locking it up throughout my childhood. So, you know, props to her for not only putting up with me for my crazy ventures, but She's cracking the code. So many things. Um, It's important to communicate and keep those good ones next to your side. I wanted to thank you for your time, man. I know it's been, this is our fourth attempt for good reasons that they didn't work out the first few times. And uh, I want you to know that I value your time and I really appreciate you coming on to my podcast and uh, we'll have to have you on maybe in the future with my uh, co-host who he's been super busy you would get along with him so well, man. Like you guys are, we're all a lot alike, you know, just these driven people want to go out and make our dreams reality. And, uh, like I said, man, I really appreciate your time. I want to thank you for all the lessons that you've taught me today. Like I've, I'm over here writing notes down, trying to keep up with you, dude. And I've got a lot of good stuff. And I know that our listeners are going to get a lot of value from you. Now, how can we, contribute and bring value to you, man, you know, follow you on social media, 
uh, the wings of life. Like, how do we get involved with that kind of stuff? How do we find you? And, uh, you know, we want to be able to support the things that you're doing. Yeah. Just, uh, follow me on Instagram. That's probably the best way to reach out. It's Matt underscore S M I D as in dog T as in Tom, Matt underscore Smith. If you want to reach out and just shoot me a message, I will always respond. You know, if you're having a tough day, if you're having some hurdles that you need to get out of, if your back's in the corner, let me know. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. In regards to Wings for Life, the virtual race is coming up on May 4th. And I would absolutely love it. Even if you don't consider yourself a runner, please donate to our cause. It's uh, 100% of proceeds go back to spinal cord research. So something that we take for granted every single day, it, it could be something that, you know, we we take it to heart and we provide the research and we get someone walking again that has never been able to, or at least for the past so many years. So please follow them, follow myself. If you need anything at all, I'm always here. I don't care who you are. I'm always here for anyone who needs a helping hand. Thanks again, Matt, for jumping onto our show today. We really sincerely appreciate your time and everything that you're doing for Wings for Life. And uh, this wraps up our show, guys. I really thank you guys for jumping on to another episode of the FitFo Show. And if you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at the FitFo Show and our clothing line of Discipline Over Comfort. And if you guys don't mind, it is a big deal for uh, the progress of our show if you guys head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a quick review. Should only take a few minutes of your time, but it means so much to us. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope you guys learned as much as I did, and have a wonderful day. All right, peace.